What's up, everybody? This is Marlins in-game host, Mike B., and you're listening to Fish Across the Pond, Marlins UK podcast with Peter Pratt. Cheers from the 305. Hello and welcome to episode 93 of Fish Across the Pond. It's a Marlins UK podcast and I'm your host, Peter Pratt. And boy, oh boy, we've been going through these episodes fast. This is the third episode in five or six days. They're coming thick and fast. You would have thought the Marlins were winning the division by 10 games, the, <laughs> the frequency of these pods. But anyway, the UK goats are all back in town. Lead off Lee Dobbs. How are we doing? I know, it's good as always. Good man, Sean Barrett. How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. I've spent most of the day learning how to say a particular PED. Oh boy, well, we're going to lean on you shortly for that one. Uh, clean up spot, he's back. Rob Newell, how are we doing? Yeah, very good. I don't know about Marlins. I'm more into jumbo shrimp, blue wahoo, snappers and hammerheads at the moment. Oh yeah, there we go. Well... Perfect segue. We're going to start there, exactly there. Today, we, as, as always, we record on a Tuesday. And it is minor league opening day. Yes, sir. Whole year gone in 2020. The whole year gone. So there's been no minor league baseball properly for two years, pretty much. So since 2019. Crazy. Rob Newell, as our minor league expert, and you wear that cap very, very well, I must say, as our minor league expert, buddy. Just give me a quick summary in terms of this Marlins farm system right now for you. And equally, which team are you most excited to follow this year? Well, one of the, the things about the farm system, and we, we hear a lot about how you know much stronger it is and how much we worked our way up the rankings we were sitting about like you know 29th 30th in the farm system and now we're kind of like midway or above is that how nicely it is split all the way through every team we have um in the minors so it's not as like we're you know just like you know single a and uh, is the only place where we've got strength there is strength all the way across that strength's been tested slightly with the injury issues we've had so at triple a um you know we've seen sort of players come up which we're, we're traditionally we thought actually they'd, they'd start off in in triple a trevor rogers being a good example of that um but there's some really really good strength all the way across but if i had to kind of pick a team i'm I'm torn between Pensacola and Beloit, and uh, and the reason for that is uh, um, in Pensacola you've got JJ Bleday, and we saw him in spring training and how fantastic he was. Mm-hmm. But it's not just Bleday; you've got Peyton Burdick, who looks also absolutely on it, and also in that outfield you've got Encarcion, Victor Victor Mesa, and Tristan Pompey. So. You know, we've we've talked about problems with with our outfield in the major leagues, mm-hmm. but actually, is the solution starting to come through in the couple of years where we've got that fear that you know what happens if Marte doesn't stay healthy or comes up? You can see where this is all coming from. So that yeah. is exceptionally exciting. But from the pitching point of view, what you also have in Pensacola is Max Meyer, mm-hmm. and that's the one that's that's everybody wants to see the first round pick massive massive potential and everybody who you hear all the experts say 
you know, this guy has the potential to be an ace. So, you know, this is the guy you want to come see, see you know, pitching a lot. Um, but there is some uh, amazing strength within there. In Beloit, the reason why I quite like Beloit is um, mainly because, again, strangely enough, the outfield, we've got like Griffin Conine, uh, uh, who we picked up, and Cameron Meisner, Connor Scott, which is yeah. another more outfield depth. It's absolutely yeah. loaded everywhere. So that you know, that's where it's coming from. But there's some more interest within there all over. So mm. we've got Will Banfield in there. So we've got to see this year a guy who's got supposed to be amazing defense, brilliant catcher, but was mm. sort of catching up a bit on on the on the offense. Is this going to be a season where he really kicks on, and where we worry about? you know, Alfaro and Wallach and, you know, we've had to bring in Sandy Leone. Is, is the, the solution to this in a couple of years actually coming through quite quickly? Um, also some really good pitching options in there that we've seen that we've sort of names you kind of hear about in trades and then kind of disappear. Yeah. And you think exactly, well, what are they like? Will Kyle Nicholas, who was traded a couple of years ago, end up being like a name we hear of again or disappear. They're, they're the kind of intrigues that you kind of get where so you've taken a, a, a slight gamble on the draft and are these, that, you know, that, that year where we, we drafted only pitchers, <laughs> how are they all going to pull through? So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of interest within those two teams. Um, so if we just kind of just quickly go back through, if we go through from the, the Jupiter Hammerheads, we'll start off in, in A-ball. And, uh, and uh, what I'm going to do, I'm just going to pick a couple of players from each, which I think we should all watch. So um, it, I'm going for Dax Fulton, who was obviously our second pick last year. Supposed to be really electric arm. You know, it, this is the, our hard thrower coming through in a few years' time. Um, so he is one that's uh, only 19 uh, as well. He's, he was a high schooler, right? So, um, you know, only 19 Dax, you know, really intrigued to see him clearly was, you know, had some Tommy John and, you know, other injuries and stuff, but uh, we had, but we got the discount. If I remember us talking about it on draft day or picking the bones out of it saying in reality, Dax should have been a first round pick. Should have been, but because of the injury, you got a discount and you get a first round, a projected first round, probably in the second round. So, yeah, nice, nice call. It's, it's interesting how many of these pitches all end up with Tommy John as well. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's strange. If you draft somebody who hasn't had Tommy John, I wonder if they factor in we're going to lose a year. <laughs> yeah. You mean you know what's going to happen? So you may as well, if, if they've already had it, great. You go, well, you know move on they probably won't get it again or need it again let's say yeah so, but, but the know. other one i'm going to pick from there i know you've got victor mesa jr in there that a lot of people are hyped on and, and a mm -hmm. few others is cameron barstad who's the a catcher now um we talk about banfield but it was interesting that when we had spring training barstad was actually brought up into the into the, the squad so maybe he's someone they actually really really rate and um, so it's another one I'd watch out for in the Hammerheads. If you're watching any of the games on the MILB app, which I, um, I is is you know really good to get into this, then uh, someone to watch out for. Um, if we then go into in, into Beloit, um, I think I'm probably going for. Oh, it's difficult. I'm definitely going for Banfield, like I just said, because I I think we're all all sort of really 
wanting to have a catcher coming yeah. through. We need one. And, <laughs> we need yeah. one to start developing. Yeah. And um, I think the other one I'm probably going to choose, uh, actually I'll choose two quickly, Griffin Conine, because we want to see whether he's got anything like his dad and the trade sort of, they're really high on him. So have we got, you know, another Mr. Marlin coming through. Um, um, and from the pitching side, there's uh, a couple of interesting um, ones there. And one of them that was, is Alberto Guerrero, who was supposed to have a lot of potential as well, young as well. So it'd be interesting to see whether these any of these young arms um, come through and do anything. Pensacola, I just said JJ Bleday. I think yeah. it's, it's and, and sort of, well, Peyton Burdick and Carcione. We, we've seen, a, uh, we've had a taste of these before yeah. and uh, and Max Meyer. Uh, Will Stewart's on there as well, interesting. That's another one with, from a, a draft a couple of years ago. It'd be interesting mm -hmm. to see. And with the Jumbo Shrimp, well, uh, we've obviously seen most of them, but Braxton Garrett is, is starting tonight and uh, he's obviously the one that we're really, really thinking, you know, his velocity's gone up, lots of different skills and um, that'll be you know is is he going to be our next one who's going to cement himself in that five man when we've been so so desperate mm. and finally i am going with joe dunand because mm. i do believe that he could end up being a really really valuable infielder for us um in the next couple of years yeah so. he's really kicked on i mean you know from that winter ball plus into spring joe dunand's really you know helium name i'd say um after things kind of stalled i think for a while for him but um, he's back yeah, on yeah. track. Awesome. Uh, go on, Rob, sorry. So I was just saying tonight we've got um, Garrett starting for the Jumbo Shrimp, Max Meyer for Pensacola. Uh, Yuri Perez starting for Jupiter is another interesting arm. And not oh, be... Danny DeVivo loves him. Have you seen? Yeah. He's, six, he's, he's 18, I think, Yuri Perez. Six foot nine. Six foot nine. <laughs> Unbelievable. So yeah, he's Danny DeVivo's main guy. He absolutely loves him. He's the Marlins' 25th prospect, ranked prospect, 18 years old, 6'9", starting, uh, yeah, in Jupiter. So, whew, keep uh, he's the one that I'm going to be eyeballing early doors in that in that Jupiter uh, team, for sure. Yeah, and not to be confused with another Yuri Perez, who was playing a couple of years ago in AAA, who was a, actually a bat. No, uh, not that dude. No, no I thought, I thought, hang on a minute, I thought he was... <laughs> <laughs> he said, what is he pitching for? And then I then realised, but uh, and Zach McCambly um, is uh, starting for Beloit. Beloit, yep, exactly. Rob Newell, we are going to be hit. Well, here's what we're going to say about this this podcast. You know, as we go through the year now, I've got the app too, so I'm going to be tracking more minor league stuff. I know Sean has too, so I hopefully we can all spend a little bit more time just digging into this loaded system, and we should do. We should spend time getting eyeballs on some of these guys. I'm really excited for that. And I know all the rest of the guys are. Um, Sean, come to you next, buddy. You know, you're like me, where we're not experts. We've heard some names, but, you know, who are the names that are kind of popping for you? Who are you kind of looking out for now as kind of things get rolling from a minor's perspective? Yeah, as you said, Pete, I kind of sort of scratched the surface on the minors yeah. a little bit, nowhere near with depth that Rob has. Um, but one of the things that he did say that kind of sort of resonated with me was, was that depth of outfield prospects through the system, just a complete conveyor belt of players. And it speaks to the, the disappointment that I have that there was no minor league season last year. Mm. All those players sat doing pretty much nothing. None of us can see what they're like. And 
with the with the decimation of the outfield that we've had this year, it would be so nice to be able to say, ah, but we've got this stud and that stud in the minor <laughs> league who were absolutely raking last year. Let's bring them up because we didn't see that. It gives yeah. it, there's no incentive for the team to say, let's knock on the door for these guys. Ultimately, we are now waiting. It's opening day. Let's see these guys hit. And come June, July, August, we might start sort of talk, be talking about these guys with the, the idea of maybe not coming up this year, but next year and having excitement with these names. Um, one of the names that does interest me, and I think Rob did mention him, was Max Mayer. Um, the third overall pick in the 2020 draft, uh, 96 mile an hour fastball, the best slider in the draft. I remember hearing around draft time, and there was a quote, and I, I dreadfully haven't remembered the name of the guy, but the quote is that Mayer's slider could go head to head with just about any pitch from the amateur pitching prospect I've ever seen. Ever that, seen, all ever time. Seen. If that doesn't get you excited, I wow. don't know what will. Wow, wow, wow. Well, maybe we'll have to start firing up these. Uh you know, Pensacola Blue Wahoo's daily update videos, maybe, you know, get you get in your garden and give us a rundown every day. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's see. <laughs> cool. Lee Dobbs, what about you, buddy? Who's, who's getting you excited from a minor's perspective this year? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, like short where I don't really have much you know, experience you know, of watching the games and, and they're more just, just names to me. Yeah. But there's, all, you know, there's obviously the obvious ones. And it is, you know, a bloody, you know, he, he seems the closest one that, that everyone's most, you know, excited to see. And, you know, because there was, I mean, is he going, you know, you're going to be ready for a September call-up, you know, you know, you know, let's talk of that. So I'm interested, interested to see, you know, yeah, how he starts and, you know, if he is the real deal, you know, now or will we see him next year? I mean, it seems certain that we will see him by next, you know, you know, you know, July time, so yeah, it's just just seeing you know, you know if he's ready, you know, you go yeah for yeah for this season. Yeah, yeah, agreed. For me, the standout, and this isn't the standout in terms of you know the talent levels because as you've already mentioned, the outfield is absolutely stacked. It's crazy, but the one dude that I really want to see something from is Jesus Sanchez. I really want to see what's there. I want to see him given a full opportunity and in, in, I think he's starting in AAA, which is you know the right spot for him. I want to see something from Jesus Sanchez. When we made that trade, I was like, great. It felt like a great deal. He came up, played a little bit last year. Whether he got a maybe, maybe no hits, I can't recall, but it, we were all talking about, you know, his at-bats look good, but effectively no hits or limited amount of hits. And since then, it felt like he's completely fallen off the face of it. So... I want to see where Jesus Sanchez is because I was I was really excited about him before and uh, it's gone very quiet, which is a bit of a worry. Um, so yeah, there's I mean there's tons, there's absolutely tons. It's going to be so much fun. Um, the other dude I'm really excited about too, uh, and I was if you recall from spring training 1.0 last time around, um, Heira Encarnacion. Oh boy, oh boy, he's a big old dude and he hits balls a long way. And the Marlins, they've recognized too many outfielders. Maybe Encarnacion looked like kind of a DHE type dude, and they're trying to get him in at first base, get him some work in first base where there's not as much depth. So 
He's also in uh, Pensacola. So whew, that Pensacola team is, well, as they put out on Twitter, it is loaded. No doubt about it. That is going to be a fun team. Right. Well, we, we wish everyone well. It's great to have minor league baseball back. And equally, it's going to be great to follow it in ways that we've never followed it before. So that's commitment we're kind of bringing to it. And we'll have regular, more regular segments on it. And it won't just be Rob Newell we're leaning on. <laughs> so, guys, to the big league, the big league team, the big squad. Oh, boy. 11 and 16. 11 and 16, fifth in the NL East. Boy, oh, boy. It was an interesting week, I'll describe it as. Series win against the Brewers, who were leading the NL Central. Plus, we had a matchup against Corbin Burns. So coming out of there with a series win, I think, was a really good result. You then finish off the road trip in Washington, swept by, at that point, the fifth-placed Nats. Rob Newell, give me your snap, snap, I guess, or overall review of the Nats series. Let's start there. Let's get into the Nats. Swept by them. Um, Was that, were the Marlins unfortunate or were they just not up to it? I I think, do you know what? I'll I'll tie this in slightly to what we just talked about with the minor leagues. If you've got players that are coming up that have not had many games and um, you want them to fill for injuries, then if you've got a triple A season and let's say you'd had a normal triple A season last year, even if someone like a, a Lewis Brinson or a Magnery Sierra, whatever, well, he couldn't have been brought down anyway. But they, if you have a player like that, they've got the chance to get some games in, proper, proper competitive games in. You bring these guys up and they're expected to fill in for players that are normally playing regularly. And that's where I think we really kind of fell down because, you know, in, a, in, a, in a, an ideal non-COVID world, Eson Diaz might have had you know, uh, a, a run of AAA games before he got in. And I know he hit a, a brilliant home run and the rest of it, and he's suddenly sort of woken up a bit. But it's, I think that's the real problem we've had is where we lost the series because those injuries had really, really kind of affected us, from, especially from a batting perspective. And the guys that are coming up just have not played enough games to be able to infill. And um, uh, it's a bit tricky talking about injuries like that because you know a lot of other teams have. But I, I looked at subs, you know, like when Zimmerman hit that sort of big home run and things like that, and you thought, right, which Marlin's going to be doing that for us? And he looked through and I thought, mm, probably no one. And again, we had too many people on base and not following it through. It was, it was just a little bit frustrating. I thought that... Um, when we lost the first game, I thought, well, actually, you know, considering how sort of, you know, how decimated we were sort of maybe looking, I thought, actually, you know, we're, we're, we're pretty much in it. The pitching took us through. Pablo Lopez was absolutely, you know, you know, seven innings again, carried us through. And it all looked quite good. And, you know, unfortunately, Yimmy couldn't hold it in at the end. But again... We've only scored one run and it was in extras when we've got somebody on second base. Yeah. So, you know, what on earth's going through that game, which was actually for a game that was lacking in runs, was actually quite 
interesting to watch bizarrely enough yeah um uh, it, it was strange and then the next game it was like right well actually no we are really really losing power we obviously had the issue with 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 Campbell not really being up to it as well but again you know if you if you let let five runs go in the fourth inning at that point we're already six runs down you're never going to catch it up but again we were pretty weak when it came down to to, to try and get anything over the line apart from you know Agliar's fantastic run of of homes and then we came down to the uh the, the Rogers start and um you know I I thought apart from that 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 hiccup with the home run um uh, I thought Rogers looked fantastic again and um it was just again where is the support to him you know we all laugh at Jacob de Grom but we are starting to let down Pablo Lopez and Trevor Rogers a little bit with not giving any run support and um, you know, uh, Scherzer was obviously absolutely fantastic. Um, but I mean, he had a day. Max yeah. Scherzer, he had an all-time day with a complete game victory of one-run ball, spoiled by Isan Diaz. His shutout was spoiled by Isan, and then he just hops off straight after that game. No time for the Zoom call after it. I've got to get to the hospital. Wife's in labour. And then he's, you know, he's a father again with a, a beautiful baby boy delivered. So what a day for Max Scherzer. Oh, my days. I hope he was on the beers heavily after that. He fully deserved it. Um, I really enjoyed watching Max pitch that day. It was fun to see him at his best. And he really was at his best pitching well. Clearly, right. Listen, that lineup. I mean, we all looked at the lineup. I did. I was just about to do in-play runs live. I knew I was commentating live the whole game on this, and I <laughs> I could see it was looking a bit weak, let's say. I, I have no idea why they went with that lineup. Like, truly, I don't. When we had an off day already built in on the Monday, no Aguilar, no Miggy Rowe. We're already missing Marte, B.A., Jazz, and Alfaro. That is, what's that? That's six guys. That's six starters missing. <laughs> I mean, boy, oh boy. I mean, Jose Devers is up there doing his best. He's not, he's not ready. Monte's up there trying to do his thing. Brinson's back up. Brinson's in the cleanup spot. Adam Duvall hasn't had a hit outside of Truist Park still. Um, you know, Cooper Loop's slumping. I mean, boy, oh boy, the lineup was just, it was really, you know, it was, it was a tough tough lineup and it wasn't a shocker that the max went complete game i wouldn't say um but 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 lee dobbs isan is back up we've talked about isan it should have been his job if he'd have done anything in spring it could have been but he's up and a couple of funky things going on firstly three intentional walks for isan diaz and we know why because you know the pitch is coming up right so we can't read too much into it, but I must say there were some real nice swings against Max Scherzer on, on Sunday, no doubt about it. So what have you seen from Isan? Yeah, I mean, looked, I mean, he started off slow, you know, again, with like no, you know, no, no hits, but, you know, he was draw, drawing the walks. Obviously on Sunday, you know, he busted all, all the two, two hits on Sunday. You know, obviously the big home run. You know, he, his defense looks, you know, look, looks good. Mm. So, you know, there's that, you know, and if he carries on like, you know, like this, I mean, he could be here, here to stay, you know, 
you know, if there's a, a spot to, to keep him on the roster, you know, you know, once, ever, you, know, you know, like Jazz is back and, and that lot. But yeah, you know, you know, so, so far he's, you know, he's done better, better than he did in in spring. At least, <laughs> that, I mean, that's for sure. That wasn't hard either. He was absolutely no. terrible in spring, wasn't he? So, yeah, you know, he started off slow, but the last, the last few games, you know, it looks like he's, you know, he's finding it now. I mean, you know, BA, we I haven't seen a lineup, and I'm kind of checking my phone as we go. Lineup should be kind of coming out soon for tonight's game, but the expectation is that BA is, um, back in the lineup. So he's going to be uh, back off uh, the IL. So, okay, that's BA in the mix. So all of a sudden that frees Birdie back up to go and, you know, be that super util. Then let's say Isan goes on a bit of a tear this week and we get to next weekend. Jazz is back and healthy. It'd be nice. I think it'd be nice if the Marlins have a decision to make um, because as we know, so if Isan, all of a sudden if Isan just it clicks, we should embrace that for me. We should absolutely embrace that. Let him roll with it. The thing is, you know, BA can play in the outfield, right? We've got outfield problems. BA can play there if we need him. So I'm all for an Isan breakout, and I don't think it's an automatic, you know, when Jazz is back, he's down. Um, what about you on that, Lee? You know, do you think we can make it work with Isan up? Yeah, well, we can, because I think we've got too many outfields anyway, because we've got Sierra, you know, on the bench as well, you know, and and Brinson, so one so one of them one of them can go because uh, as as you say we say we we've got the depth from the in, the infield guys who can play you know, in the outfield and uh, you know you know we got BA and, and and Cooper so so yeah I, I think if the next week goes well then he should stay stay you know on the team absolutely listen if anyone's playing well they should stay if anyone's yeah, hitting. They should stay. If Monte fires it up now, which is yeah. possible. I mean, I don't know about the playing time, but let's say Monte does. And we should say Monte's back up. Great. You know, I like Monte's full of tools. No doubt about it. But for me, if anyone has a great week this week of those guys, Brintz, Monte, um, Isan, if any of them are on fire, they stay. They have to stay because, you know, we're so dinged. Yeah. You've got to keep the hot hands. The, the offense has been the problem, right? No run support. You can't be sending dudes back down if they if they light up. So we'll see. Um, Sean, uh, it was mentioned earlier about Trevor Rogers, no run support. Trevor Rogers, NL, rookie of the month. Rookie of the month for Big Trevor. Boy, oh boy, that was, I mean, as well-deserved, firstly. Um, I should have asked him if Jazz had messaged him or spoken to him about it because I know Jazz would have been fighting for that. I know clearly missing some time heard him there, but Trevor Rogers, mate, he has been what well, firstly well-deserved that, that award, but more bigger picture. He's looked the real deal for the Marlins, hasn't he? Yeah, he's looked great. The, we spoke last week about how well Trevor Rogers was pitching and how he deserved some national publicity and, and he's got it. I mean, this is the first picture for Marlins to get a, a Rookie of the Month award since Jose Fernandez. Yep. That's that's the kind of, you know, heritage that he's now putting himself in. Um, yeah, and he's looked great. I mean, the week's been pretty rough. 
when I when I predicted a sweep in the national series, I didn't quite see it going like that. Well, you got it right, but just the you know. I was right, but yeah. not how I wanted to be. So it's been pretty rough. Um, the hitting, as everyone else has said, has just not been there. We, as a team, have hit below the Mendoza line, which is is not really where you want to be. But you spoke about BA coming back. There's some positivities coming. You know, we've got some guys up that, you know, maybe should be down in the minors getting a bit of seasoning. But, you know, on the whole, as you said, if, if guys guys are getting opportunities now, they need to show what they've got. And who stay, who hits, who is who stays. Yeah. We spoke all spring training about how we've got this depth. You know, we can't get Aggie and Coop in the lineup together. You know, is it Isan? Is it Jazz? We've got that little bit of depth, but because of injuries, it's not really sort of demonstrated itself. So now as we start to get players back, it is a case of saying, right, guys, now the, now the competition is back, you're going to have to hit for your spot. Absolutely. Listen, one of the dudes just talking about people who are hot. Oh, my days. Jesus. Oh, my days. Six bombs in eight games for Aguilar. I haven't looked across the league-wide stats, but I'm not sure anyone's hit six in eight, in eight games. He has been sensational, no doubt about it. It's been a lot of fun to watch that, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been great. In fact, there's an overshot picture of one of his home runs that has now become my back, background screen on my phone. <laughs> it's just a beautiful shot. I don't know how they took it or yeah. how good the quality is because it looks like it's 4K, but it's Aggie's just been the dude this week. Oh, he's, he's been he's been sensational. It's... um. And he plays the, the way he plays the game. He's so much fun. Like we could see it last year. He's a big presence in the locker room. And we've always said with Aggie, it was clear as day. He plays every day. He's a massive threat, massive threat. And it's getting to the point now where he came up in a big spot the other day. Can't remember which game. Intentional walk. Might have been extras. I, I can't even remember. But anyway, it's getting to that point now where, where the Marlins are dinged up in the lineup. But, you know, Aguilar comes up. It's like, Move on to first base, big lad. Um, you know, that's that's the way it's getting. So yeah, it's um, you know, it's been it's been a good week for him, no doubt. And it's been fun um to see. The problem is that he seems to come alive from the seventh onwards, as do the Marlins offense. What we've got is like the first six, <laughs> it's like very quiet, and all of a sudden it kind of you know, Aguilar comes alive and whatever, but okay. We're going to need to talk about some pitching now. So, um, firstly, back to you, Rob. We've talked about Trevor. Um, Sandy, we've talked plenty about too. Pablo Lopez, is he flying under the radar? Like, he's not getting as much buzz, Pablo. But boy, oh boy, Pablo has been, you know, as good as them guys. Is he, is he underrated? I think so because I, I, I think the hype has been around Sandy as the ace hasn't it and then Trevor being the you know you know coming alive this year and being like the the, the strikeout guy um but um Pablo has been very consistent I know he start um against the Nationals he didn't get many strikeouts but even so um I really I, we were talking about how sort of dull a game it probably looked on paper but I really enjoyed watching him pitch and um it wasn't the fact i think the the headlines that we say 
are like if you are a fast strikeout pitcher, if you are the Scherzers of this world. But if you're really, really mixing and matching, that's where Pablo is is starting to to really get it. And did they say something like forty percent of his pitches? Uh, I've forgotten which which pitch it was. Change up, change ups. That's it. Yeah. So there's forty percent were change ups, and um, yeah, how do you hit those if they're in the strike zone or you know, they're, they're you start in there, right? <laughs> Exactly. So uh, th- that's where it was all coming from. And there's there, there's a lot of ground balls. We have double plays. And um, yeah, it's consistency with Pablo Lopez. The interesting thing at the moment, if you kind of look at his uh, his stats, he's six games he's he's played so far. And he's, his whip is just a, just round one. So it's not as like he's, it's like early season sort of short, um, you know, you know, not many stats, you know, not many games. We're looking at a small sample size. He is actually really, really performing now. And yeah. the bit has been the problem in previous years is that he's broken down at some point and had an injury. And this is the season now we really want to see him break out because if he can get somewhere around the 175 innings pitch mark with these stats that we see sort of coming through now, very low walks per nine, just around about 2.5. Um, you know, his his strikeout rate is on par with Sandra Alcantara, just under nine. You know, uh, the, it, it's, he is the steady guy in our rotation. You expect it from Sandy, you expect it from Pablo, and you expect it from Trevor now. Just need those other two to come in. Well, let's let's talk about these other two spots now. So, <laughs> Lee, oh boy, we've we've mixed a match. Let's say Nicky Nider up, down, still down. Uh, reassigned now to to AAA. Dan Castano option last week on the taxi, reassigned to AAA. Um, Paul Campbell starting in Washington on Saturday wasn't the best start, let's say, and. I would say it's got an even worse week for him, unfortunately. You know, um, the news that broke the other day or yesterday, um, not great news there for Paul. He, you know, he's put his statement out. He's put his side of the story out there. He's he, he's been caught out and he's not knowingly taken anything, um, which I think in today's world is is perfectly believable too. So that I believe that is likely the the, the truth of that situation. Uh, but unfortunately, I feel that the way, um, you know, there's, there's limited amounts of flexibility are offered. You know, if you uh, if you test positive for whatever, um, you know what the ban will be. And Paul Campbell, 80 game suspension for him. And I we haven't seen the moves yet, but the gut feel is there. That is the end of his Marlins career. Uh, but we'll wait to see exactly how things play out. And if there's a way they can retain him on the exemption list or something. We will see. But Lee Dobbs, for me, um, we heard from Donnie today. He's already said we're going to have one bullpen day in the next few few games. So how are the Marlins going to muddle through this now? Because Eliezer is still a couple of weeks away. Yeah. Um, you know, how? where are we going with the pitching? We can't have bullpen days every five days. I don't think that's sustainable. And equally, who's filling in that other spot? Are we going two bullpen games? <laughs> I know, you know. I mean, we got lucky with with the day off, so so we, we managed to 
you know, you know, you know skipper, you know, skipper day yesterday. So it's back. You know, so it's back to to, to Sandy again. So, and we don't we don't have, you know, have to have a you know a bullpen game again until what it be Thursday? Is it the next the next bullpen game we're gonna have to have? So yeah. The rumor I mean, is just on that. I, I, the way Donny phrased it earlier, the sense I get is that a bullpen game may happen. It's possible they may do it tomorrow. I know they've mentioned Pablo was starting, and he would be. It would be his turn. Yeah. But the way he worded it to me sounded like there's there's possible. It's possible they may go bullpen tomorrow. We'll see. Um, and you know, give Pablo an extra day rest or whatever. I mean, we've already talked about. I want to preserve him, right? So. Yeah. Uh, we'll wait and see, but yeah, sorry, go ahead, mate. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just depends who we get to start that game because I, I mean, if you have a Baldwin game, you want them ideally to sort of go at least free, which I guess would only leave Detweiler or Curtis to do it, as we saw, you know. But then if they struggle, you know, early on, do you do, do you do you just leave them there to you know take the blow, and and, and we basically basically you know, you know throw away the game you know, as a loss, you know, you know, just let them eat, you know. Eat it, yeah. And then after that, though, as you say, we then got obviously we'll have Trevor, and then it's another game where we're going to need, you know, to find a start from somewhere. You know, whether we go back to Castano again, I mean, he he did okay in some of his starts. Obviously, the last one was rough. Or do we go to the minors who are now obviously starting? How ready are they going to be? Like like you know, Braxton Garrett, they started today, so. Is that if he was did well today, given the, the day's rest, it would it might actually fall in line for him, you know, to be his scheduled start, you know, on that day, after, you know, after the uh, Rogers pitches. But you know, yeah, that's yeah, a good but, point. But, but, yeah, but, but the, how how much could we get, you know, you, you, you know from him as well? I, mean, I guess if he if he could, could give us five innings, you know, you know that's enough. So, yeah, there is a lot of mix and matching to do for the next, you know, well, so two weeks or so. At least, I'd say. I mean, at least, yeah. You know, LEA is at least two weeks. Well, yeah. It's so, tricky. And you look back, they made the move with Geo, right? Brought in Geo. We wanted Geo to be there just for this situation. We knew Sixto was going to miss a few starts anyway. So that was already happening. Then LEA is obviously hurt. Um, as well so all of a sudden they're back in mix and match mode plus obviously Paul Campbell that situation has arisen too so all of a sudden things seem to be kind of spiraling a little bit on the pitching um, we're losing games the offense is heavily dinged up too we're not scoring runs 11 and 16 Arizona coming to town the brew crew coming to town they're going to be pumped because Yelich is back Kane's back brew crew they're going to be pumped no doubt about it um you know, but I'm not sure how their pitching is going to stack up. They've they run into some troubles after we've left town. But you know, all of a sudden, this, this could be a real crazy. tough couple of weeks. Well, you know, you know, is it, you know, we've had injuries to pitching and hitting. Yet we're the only team in the East with a plus run. You know, you know scoring. So. <laughs> I mean, that just shows how well the, the pitchers are going, right? You know, yeah. just shows how good Sandy, Trevor, and Pablo have been. Those dudes really holding, the, holding the line at the minute. So good. And but the thing is though that run differential will quickly change if we go bullpen after bullpen after bullpen game. And like you said, if one of them goes haywire, like that 29-9 last year. I know that wasn't a bull, but I know that was a Pablo start, but it's that type of thing, isn't it? If someone gets lit, if Detweiler comes out, gets lit, it's like 
sorry, sorry, big lad, you're gonna have to go through three. Doesn't matter if you give up 30, you know, yeah. you're in it. So um, what I did like though, um, just on the positive side, um, Sean, I, I'll come to you on this as well. The Paul Campbell start didn't go well. For me, I felt like it was a throwaway game. Paul Campbell should not be starting um, Major League Baseball games, in, in my opinion. And um, I think what happened wasn't a shocker. However, after he came out, it felt like the guys then got things back in check. Like the bullpen as a, as a, as a whole, let's say, is pitching well in general. I know Yimmy got blown up on a, on a you know, one pitch down the middle of the plate, but I, I like the way they came in, locked it down, and the game kind of just fizzled out, which, you know, was what it was. But the bullpen's looking okay, I think, after the kind of early season blown save issues we had. Yeah, you spoke about the blown saves. I wanted to sort of give a bit of time towards Bass, actually. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if he pitched in that game. No, he didn't. Um, but I think this is the last time I want to talk about Bass and reference the blown saves. Because since then, or notwithstanding the blown saves, he's pitched eight and a third, given up three hits, a walk and six strikeouts. No earned runs. That's not as advertised. That's better than advertised. Now, I was all for removing him from the closer situation after those two horrendous appearances. But had we stuck with him and had he done what he's done in that role, I think we, we'd be saying, you know, this is, this is our guy. Um, Yimmy had a bit of a hiccup um, this week. Um, so it's nice to see that the bass is there as a as a as a backup now, but he is definitely a verified option that if we get save opportunities, which <laughs> let's hope we do, mm. um, he's he's ready, willing, and able. On the whole, the bullpen has been pretty fantastic. It's a bit pieced together. We, you know, we've we've got guys from trades and a couple of guys from rule fives and here, there, and everywhere, but that's how the Marlins are going to build a bullpen. They're not going to sign the guy that's 10 million a year, 15 no. million a year. Never. We're, going, we're in the bargain basement. Um, so to get what we've got from that situation at the moment, we've got to be pretty pleased with it. I agree. Pens looked, pens looked good. Um, you know, the trust factor is up, I'd say. And so it was nice to see, you know, I just had those horror moments of last year at 29-9. Yams couldn't get an out. He was just getting absolutely destroyed. And, you know, that's not what you want to see. And so positive run differential, last place in the NL East. I mean, we started unlucky. It felt like the Marlins, we pitched well, unlucky with the bats. You know, a few injuries are kicked in and we, you know, we just need to hang tough. For me, that is it. Just hang tough for now. As long as the pitching stays healthy. And on that note, there's a little bit of breaking news knocking around. Um, Jacob deGrom um, is going to miss his next start uh, for further analysis, uh, some sort of uh, side issue. So, you know, big news there. The Giants have just put Kevin Gorsman on the IL right, you know, 16 minutes ago as well. So this season, the injuries are just coming thick and fast all over. And so if the Marlins can stay in it, and then stay healthy. And then we should be cautious with guys, but if we can stay healthy, we'll be in it. We'll be in this East because the East at the moment is a, is a dog's dinner. 
<laughs> it really is. I mean, the Nats, listen, we watched that series, right? We've all seen, we all watch the Nats. We know what the Nats are. And they're not good. Like, they're not. Um, there's no way the Nats are finishing top three in this in this division. I'm putting that on record right now. It's seven minutes past ten on a Tuesday. Um, Your Honor, they are not. They are not finishing the top three. They're just. They're just not good enough. Um, yeah, okay. They won in extras against us. Blew up all Paul Campbell and Scherzer a pitch a gem against a, a double A uh, lineup. Go on, Sean. Well, we talking about injuries. We spoke about earlier in the in the preseason the idea of all these guys wanting to go. I want to go 180 innings. I want to go 200 innings. This is a normal year. I'm not looking at it any differently. That's not going to work. These guys were, you know, sat on the sofa for months on end. Then yeah. all of a sudden the 60 game season started and it was all very rushed into it. The fact that there weren't that many injuries during then was a bit of a surprise. Coming back into it, you can't just thrust these guys into 162 games. We talked about um, sitting Aggie and Miggy. Um, with a day off afterwards, which seemed a bit strange. And I was a bit confused as well. But the Marlins have got 13 games in 13 days coming up. Yeah. That's really, especially with the issues where we're talking about bullpen days, mm-hmm. that's really going to stretch stretch those arms and stretch those legs. I, I don't think we go through those 13 games without somebody getting dinged up. No, perhaps not. I mean, listen, the Diamondbacks are in town. They also, they're on a nice streak too. They're, they're seven and three last 10. Positive run differential. Tough division. I mean, you know, the Giants, somehow they've got the best record in baseball. I'm not sure how. Uh, probably because they beat up on the Marlins at some point when we were dinged. Uh, the Dodgers sitting there. Padres sitting there. I mean, bloody hell, it's a tough old division there for the Diamondbacks. So, you know, fair play to them. The Brew Crew rolling back in town. They're still leading the NL Central. So, you know, it's going to be a tough week. We're back in Marlins Park. We haven't hit in Marlins Park at all yet. Um, we're going to play, you know, maybe one or two bullpen games. Oh, boy. You know, and after that, I think we're back out west then. I think we're we're out to Arizona. So we're going to be playing a lot of the Diamondbacks. I think we've got a four-game series. Oh, and then to finish that off, we got the Dodgers as well for three games. So, listen, for me, this is a huge two weeks for the Marlins. Absolutely ginormous. Because we're dinged, pitching's dinged. If we go on a real bad run here and it's a, you know, a two and 11 run or a a three and 10, all of a sudden the Marlins are in a massive hole and they're not getting out of it, I don't think. Like, I'd be shocked if they can get out of that hole. So they, they need to play some good baseball against some good teams. And the depth needs to be there. Rob Newell. Paul Campbell, he's not going to be pitching. Roster spot's going to be open. Who is taking the roster spot? It's got to be Anthony Bender, isn't it? Is uh, it Bender Mania? Is it time? Well, yeah, I think um, we kind of saw in spring training, we thought, because he was ultimately one of the best relievers out there, we kind of thought, well, you know, it, this, is, this is his time and he would, he would get a spot and he didn't. So just as a, a bit of a reminder um, in regards to spring training, he pitched in eight games, which was eight innings, only recorded three hits uh, with a, a low average of uh, about 1.1, uh, sorry, an ERA of, 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 sorry, a zero with a whip of 0.6. I was looking at the wrong player. Um, <laughs> so it's, um, yeah, so 
not gave anything away, but what was more interesting than any of those kind of very standard stats was his strikeout per nine with 10.8. So he came in, you know, 100 mile an hour and was striking out. And so uh, that's a look that I think we would really, really like. And I think that the way that I, I think we were all envisaging it at the time is that you'd have someone like Adam Simba come up with his strange sidearm, and then you'd have Bender coming in afterwards. So you'd have such a, such a completely and utterly different look. So in in hindsight, it probably would have been better if if we'd have had him, you know, there in the bullpen. The bullpen's been really, really up and down. Mm. Um, we could have even tried Bender as a closer. So he's got that kind of stuff. Um, so I think it's got to be him and I can't see I, I, it's an area we need help if we're going to have more bullpen days then we need more bullpen so it's got to be Bender for me I guess Brian Anderson's going to come back onto the roster Paul Campbell's already going to be off it um, Bender's going to be added because we need more arms for sure there'll be a corresponding move I guess on the offensive side clearly they your know, Monte was brought up um, to add a little bit of depth, but really, uh, I, I can see probably Monte would go back down. You would assume, Lee. Yeah, I'd, I'd say you know, it'd be between Monte and Princeton, but yeah, I, if I was if I was guessing, yeah, it'd be it'd be, it'd be Monte first. Yeah. What have you seen from Lou? He, he's been up now for what again a week and a half or a week or so. Had a few starts. Yeah, it's, just, it's the same. I mean. It, he had a couple of nice, you know, at bats, you know, a couple, a couple of hits now and again. But he's still, I mean, I, I mean, I say we 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 we've been here, here, you know, you know, so so long now. <laughs> but you know, he, he's just filling up a spot, spot really. He still hasn't got close to the what was what, what was what was it we said the said the other week, uh, two two twenty average to to sort of stay. You know, he's not he's not close to that, so. You know, once the injuries are sort of healed, he'll be, be gone again. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I, I think he'll probably stick around for now, and I think Monte will be the guy that, that goes down in this corresponding move. Just And, and the reports actually from Monte, interestingly, uh, from Donny, was um, that he'd been doing really well at the alternate training site. Like, he'd been hitting well, which is interesting. I know he hasn't had much of a chance. He came out and I think his first at bat, he was asked to bunt, which was interesting. Um, he obviously he obviously had a had a hit the other day on the Sunday. I was like, as soon as he had that hit late in the game, eighth inning, I was like, Monte 100% is stealing, is stealing a base in the first two pitches. First pitch, he was gone. Just like Jazz Chisholm the week before on, or the two weeks before on a Sunday, slid through the bag and ended up being tagged out. You know, unlucky again. I, I absolutely hate that rule. Um, but, you know, I think probably I'm on an island with that one too. Um, but, you know, Monte, I'd love to see him. I, In many ways, I wish... I mean, listen, Duvall's been great in centre field. I mean, actually, I, I think I saw a tweet from, from Craig yesterday saying he, he may have won, I don't know, fielder of the month or something, if that is even an award. But... You know, he's been a real sensation, Duvall. I was uh, not expecting that. Um, but the problem is, Duvall now, he's not hitting anything. Um, he's absolutely ice cold. We knew 
you know, he's, he's as advertised from Craig. He won't hit for ages, and then he'll go on a tear and hit four home runs in, in two games. Yeah, that, that's that's what we got, I think. Our whole outfield, apart from Diggerson, you know, they're, they're, they're all hitting, uh, you know, under 200. What's Cooper Loop doing? Cooper Loop's the one that shocked me most because he's yeah. getting the playing time now and he's looked really out of sorts. What about you from Coop? Yeah, it's like saying it's strange, you know, because he had such a good good spring as well. That, you know, but he just just hasn't got it going, you know, going oh. yet. You know, and yeah, you know, I, I, I say we 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 all thought it was because he wasn't get, you know you know getting enough playing playing time, you know, regularly. But yeah, as you say, he's been starting now, but and he still hasn't really got got going yet. So, you know, he is the one the one we need to really you know get, find that that power swing as well. Yeah. It's been, it has puzzled me. I really thought as soon as the, the way the lineup went, that the coup would kind of kick on. Um, Corey Dickerson's been nice, though. I've really been impressed with Corey. He's been good. Duvall's been nice in, from a glove perspective in centre. Cooper Loop, nothing. Aguilar just absolutely blazing it. So, you know, between those four guys that are in effect in a platoon or were in a platoon earlier in the year, um, it's been mixed, I would say. Corey and, and, and Jesus, okay, and the other two, I think, a little bit underwhelming in, in many cases. So, you know, it's what it is. Guys, let's finish on a, uh, you know, let's look ahead. Let's get some you know, some predictions for the week ahead as best we can. Um, still no lineup for tonight. It's 17 minutes past 10, so uh, they're cutting it fine. Uh, but also, we'll also get your emoji of the week as well, guys. So, uh, of course, dig those emojis out. Um, we have three games against the Diamondbacks, who are in town. Lee Dobbs, how are you seeing this one going? Oh, I mean, Sandy and Pablo starting two of them. Obviously, one's going to be a ballpoint game, which I'll probably you know, write as, as a loss for now already. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I mean, we'd hope for a two, you know, a two-one. Obviously, we need the bats to come alive to. You know, to support Pablo or Sandy, so, I'm sad. I'm going to go a two-one loss, you know, series loss. Okay, Sean Barrett, what have you got for us for Diamondbacks? I, I the only prediction I have is I don't want any sweeps. Okay, <laughs> I don't think we sweep Arizona, and if we could, as as we've said, it is a case of holding fast. We've got 13 games coming up. During that 13 game period, we're not going to get any reinforcements on the pitching side so this is as you said a really important time if we go you know five and eight that's probably the bare minimum where where we need to be over that period of time to just sort of tread water keep it within striking distance any better than that if we can get close to 500 i really would take that uh arizona so we've got sandy tonight and then either Pablo tomorrow or a bullpen day, and then it'll be Pablo the day after. Yeah. So with Sandy and Pablo in the lineup, you know, as your starting pitchers, you really do sort of want to walk away with a 2-1 victory. Um, having said that, Thursday's game is against Madison Bumgarner, and he looks really good at the moment. So interesting that they're going to put the bullpen day tomorrow and put Pablo against him. Maybe that's what they're thinking. Maybe that is the true reason because it is Bumgarner in game three. And maybe they're thinking, let's not 
go up against Bumgarner with a bullpen and actually completely throw it away. Let's try and go strength on strength and see if the bats can do something. Good call. So, okay. Um, Rob, how are you seeing this uh, Diamondback series? Well, just on stats alone, I know Arizona have had, uh, you know, they've been quite up and down. And uh, the the pitchers that we're facing, um, which are Riley Smith, who has bizarrely came in for, because Caleb Smith was really struggling as a a starter for them, uh, has has had a couple of good starts, a couple of bad ones. Uh, Luke Weaver has been always up and down. So is Arizona, good years, bad years. Um, He's a fantasy nightmare. Um, it, um, so just, true. Yeah, um, is is the way to put him. And Baumgartner, uh, the, the thing is, is yes, he had that um, shutout, didn't he, in seven innings and all the rest of it. No hitter, no hitter, no hitter right? Yeah, a no hitter and seven innings. Is it a no hitter or not? Um, but before then, he was really all over the place as well. So it, there's no guarantee that uh, they're going to to you know all come through. So it is our opportunity. To, to start to hit. Um, so I'm going to add a bit of confidence because I think we've probably settled down a little bit now, um, I hope, anyway, and we start to see a few players coming back and I, I hope that will turn things around. So I'm going to go for a 2-1 win. Yeah. And especially as I, I am expecting, you know, Sandy to be, you know, to be like Sandy and, and Pablo to be like Pablo. So that, that's where it's coming from. Uh, with the, uh, are we doing the Brewers as well, uh, uh, or, or doing a prediction for the Brewers? Yeah, throw it out there, Rob. Why not? Why not? Well, because uh, that's where I think it becomes difficult because they are looking really, really good considering Yelich, etc., is you know has been on has been injured. Their 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 rotation, which um, you know, I think if you're a Brewers fan, I saw quite a few on Twitter saying that. It, don't sleep on our rotation it's fantastic and it has ended up being really really good yep. so um you know brandon woodruff hauser gorwood and burns freddie peralta and 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 brett anderson who i think is injured um but um i think that is going to be mega mega tough and i can see us getting swept potentially there oh boy i'm not sure how the brew crew i need to look at that and work out where starters may fall because um you write on woodruff Peralta, we didn't see them guys. We missed them last time around, which was probably useful. It was useful. Um, subsequently, Corbin Burns has gone on the IL, if I recall. So Burns IL, not sure if it was the COVID one, though, or not. So if it's like the 10-day or the COVID. So I-, I need to look into the brew crew in a bit more depth and work out where they're at. But, you know, let's say Burns is back. Let's say it was a COVID, you know, it may have been one of them. It's a second vaccine like Cooper and you miss a day or two. I don't know. And if it is in their full strength, plus they layer in Yelich and they layer in um, Lorenzo Kane back in the mix. Plus we're at the back end of our rotation. So Trevor will be going in one of them games, but after that you'll have another starter, Castano maybe. And back around to Sandy, I guess, right? So you'd have, I mean, that does fill me with some confidence there that you may have a Sandy and Trevor in two of the three against the Brew crew. Um, Lee, how are you seeing that one with the Brew? Uh, yeah, like I said, we got, we got a good, because, I mean, if Trevor does what, what he did against them last time, <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know, when he looked, looked great, great against them. 
you know, so you know, that's a potential win if he recreates that. You know, they, if they struggle again, obviously, again, we don't know about the other game, so at the minute you you know, have to put it down as you know a likely loss, you know, because we don't know who's who's even starting yet. If it's another you know you know ball you know bullpen game, yeah. But then back to Sand Sandy again, and so yeah, I, I think I'm more confident about the Brewers series for some reason, and I I, I think we win we win that one two one, and we we go three three on on the homestand. Okay, Sean, how are you seeing it? Yeah, as Lee said, I mean, if you look at the the Arizona lineup, we've got Sandy and Pablo pitching in the three game matchup, and then against Milwaukee, we've got Rogers and Sandy. I think if there's any three game series where we've got two of the three guys pitching, you've got to head into it going, well, this is this is our best opportunity. You know, yes, we've got a bullpen game sandwiched in the middle of there, but the pitching is still there. The you know the bullpen's been pretty tidy. We know we can trust those three guys. It's it's the hitting. You know, we, we can't keep playing games scoring two runs or zero runs. You just you just can't keep doing that. The no. bats are cold. We know that. It's time for them, at least some of them, to start hitting up. I mean, whatever Aguilar's doing, whatever his new diet is, let's get the whole team on it. <laughs> Let's get them all getting on the Arepa power. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so I'm I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it. I'm feeling positive, actually. Feeling positive. I think we win both series. I think we take on the D-backs, we beat them, and we beat the Brew Crew. Uh, I know they'll look better than they did last, last time around, but I've got to be honest, the Brewers, I thought they looked Bang average, proper average. I didn't like what I saw from them at all. Um, the, the back end, the leverage bullpen is good. So if they have a lead, we are bang in trouble. But if we can keep that leverage pen sat in the pen, I think we'll win some games against the Brewers. I, I you know, they've, they've um, optioned uh, Kesson Hura, I think I saw yesterday. So he's been, he's been optioned to the alternate site. Um, clearly not a first baseman. I mean, his fielding's terrible. Um, you know, so and the bat wasn't great, so you know, let's see how the let's see what the brew crew are doing. That game we had against them was it Wednesday? That was the weirdest game, I think. Terrible, (laughs) wasn't it? So bad, it was was a shambles. That game, (laughs) what was happening? I mean, it was it was was, everywhere, it was absolutely shocking. That it was, I've never seen, never seen anything like it. Ten batters when we we went for and didn't didn't put put a ball you know in in play. It was it, it, it was either strikeout, walk, or a home run. It was a crazy game, and that that you know Aguilar obviously got the home run that that sealed it for us in that game. But oh my days, I I was just watching that, just thinking, what is this? What is this this game that's going on? It was so weird. Zach Godley, honestly, yeah, he was pitching yeah. like he was blindfolded at times, and then he'd strike everyone out. Uh, it was so weird. We leave summed it up perfectly there. But listen, the Brew Crew—they're not good. I'm calling it out. I don't think they're good. Um, their pitching, I think, you know, can be good. Um, but I, I, I think, I think actually they're very similarly built to the Marlins. Actually, I think they're quite similar teams. Um, so I, you know, maybe that says the Marlins are poo as well. <laughs> We've got a Claxon. Uh, Anthony Bender has been his contract's been selected, so he will oh, be in the forty man. 
Yep. Fire it out. Okay, so Bender's in then, right? That's what Craig Mish has, has tweeted. Okay. Well, that's. I think we all expected that. I was 99% this morning that that was happening. Still no lineup, though. So, yeah, I'm not sure. I guess they're trying to work out who's optioned or is Brian Anderson healthy? I don't know. Um, okay, cool. So, listen, I'm going 2-1, 2-1. Two series wins for me um, in this week. And we need to because, you know, if if we had a five and eight week that Sean mentioned that he said was the bare minimum, that would leave us at 16 and 24. 16 and 24, which for me, it's a big old hole for these types of Marlins that, you know, I think I think we like to lead from the front. It's that type of team that, you know, you can defend a lead, let's say. So I think we need more than, than five and eight. Okay, guys. Emoji of the week, please. Emoji of the week. Lee Dobbs, what have uh, you got for us? I was going to dust out an old classic and it be the ice for the bats. Oh, boy. <laughs> for the first time time this season. You know, it's, it's one we used a lot in 2019. We did. You know, so, so yeah, I'm bringing it back. Oh, my dear. There were so many Game of Thrones uh, comments and whatever, you know, winter is coming and all sorts, I recall it well. So, yeah, I, I think it's fair. Sean, what have you got for us? I'm not very good at working on my uh, fast on my feet and Lee has completely stolen my <laughs> of the week. Um, um, so you might want to go round to Rob. And I'll go to Rob then. Go on, Rob, what have you got? I've got a turtle for the Beloit Snappers. We welcome, Yeah, we welcome them as, um, you know, as one of our minor league teams. So, um, yeah, so, and the other reason for using the, the, the turtle is because at some point they're going to rename themselves. So we're, we're going to have a dog's doodars times two at some point this season. Echo, I'm looking forward to that. And, and just on that topic as well, Rob, um, when are you, you going to get your T-shirt that I've designed for you that's sitting yeah. there on the Teespring store? It's ready and waiting for you. Yeah, I'm not sure how I explain that to uh, an eight-year-old. Uh, no. my daughter when I'm wearing that but there no. we go yeah for anyone that's wondering it is there's a, there's a classic tee that's de- designed there for Rob which is the dogs doodahs and that was when we were talking about the Wichita wind surge uh, naming element and, and the doodahs was one of the mentioned names which was a classic episode one of my favorite episodes we ever did very very funny um, there was the lineman the doodahs can't remember the others but fun episode Good, good emoji too as well. Uh, Sean, do you need more time because I, I can go? Or no, I'm good. So oh. I'll stick with the the hitting as well, being cold as ice, and I'll throw up the prayer emoji. Okay, let's get some hits. Okay, seems yeah. fair. We're praying for some hits. Pitching, we know is there, but we need the hit in the lineup. For me, I am going with the uh, the medal, the medal around the neck, or just the medal uh, one for Trevor Rogers. He, he's been better than everyone, I think, anticipated, in my opinion. We all knew, I say we all knew, I knew what was there. I was on the hype train, no doubt about it. I think in spring, he captured that. The hype train was absolutely filling up behind me. It was full steam ahead. But I think he's been even better than what we thought he was going to be. And I must say, if they could have just done a... MLB rookie of the month, which is they don't do that, you know, it's an NL and an AL. But if they would have, 
I think Trevor would have still taken it. He's been absolutely sensational. And here's the other one. I think he gets another one during the year. So I think he will it'll be a two-time rookie of the month uh, NL for Trevor Rogers during this year. So there we go. Um, guys, we are bang out of time and bang on time, I would say. We know Anthony Bender is 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 his contract has been uh, selected. So Bender will be making his debut in the next uh, game or two. We still have no Marlins lineup and it's about an hour until uh, first pitch. So uh, we'll wait to see on that one. Uh, right. Lee, Sean, Rob, a lot of fun guys. Really appreciate the time, the effort, the analysis um, to the listeners. Enjoy. We will be back uh, next Tuesday and uh, until then stay safe and go fish. <laughs> <laughs>